I'm Caroline. I'm Louise. And this is The Wife Who. This is the podcast where we try to learn about and share with each other the stories of women who did something interesting. And this is our second episode. Um, Last week we recorded Margaret Cavendish, that was my story. And then after that, what happened on Saturday, Louise? Tell everybody. It was very exciting. (laughs) We went to a performance called Where There's Muck There's Bras, which is obviously a play on Where There's Muck There's Brass. Yeah. But I think the northern uh, pronunciation sounds a bit more like bras, she was saying. That the north. Do you remember she got somebody in the audience with a southern accent to say it? And it was supposed to differ to how the other way around say it. Yeah. Anyway, this woman, Kate Fox, went through lots of women in the north who were basically forgotten about. Yeah. One major example that stuck with me was the female astronaut who was the first British astronaut to go into space. But it's credited as being a man 25 years later. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, She was great, Kate Fox. She really brought out these women's stories in an amazing way. And actually, I made notes the whole way through it. And in fact, the guy who was sat behind me approached us afterwards. No, his his wife approached us afterwards and I feel really bad in retrospect he wasn't very happy because I was he thought I think he thought that I was texting the whole way through and it was annoying him that I wasn't paying attention but you were making notes I know I was making notes because it was so good Kate Fox was excellent she was on top form she was and we got a bit overexcited because we'd had a bit of wine and she mentioned Margaret Cavendish and no one else in the audience put their hand up to say they'd heard of her exactly so So we one week earlier had done a podcast on her yep as if you heard last week's episode you will know so we got to chat to some people in the break uh talking about our new podcast it was really fun wasn't it um we were there with our with my friend katie who you met for the first time that night so lovely katie yeah it was a really good night um apart from the slight embarrassment of the whole texting thing which i wasn't anyway really great kate fox was amazing had a fab time ready for episode two so shall we do a um a drinks Cheers. Clink. Let's do it. Yay. So this week it's your turn to tell me a story. Okay. I have to point out that it's a Sunday night on the 15th of March. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And we are in semi-corona lockdown. Yeah. It's strange times, isn't it? It's self-directed lockdown, really. Yeah. Boris Johnson won't pull his finger out. And has just suggested we self-distance. Yeah. So... What's the phrase? Social distancing. Social distancing. A phrase that I'd never heard before this week. So it's a, it's a really strange time at the moment. Unprecedented times. Is that what they mm, say? Yeah. So what better night to stay in and talk about women yep. than in coronavirus times? I love it. I mean, actually, I'm a fan of social distancing for the next four months just so that we can work on this podcast together because I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I shouldn't be flippant because it is quite serious, but, you know, you've got to look for the upside. Well, as a self-employed person, yeah. I'm going to be out of a job, so I will have lots of time to talk about women to you. <laughs> I mean, silver linings, right? <laughs> so, Caroline, yes. today I'm going to, I'm going to tell you all about Ada Lovelace. That is very exciting. So I have heard of Ada Lovelace. And when you first mentioned this name before we started this episode, I could only remember that maybe she had something to do with calculators. But am I right in remembering that she's either a sister or a lover of a particularly famous poet? So you're right in that she's connected to a very famous poet. Okay. Like uber famous. 
She is the daughter of Byron. The daughter. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So she is the only legitimate daughter of Byron. Mm. And a month after she was born, he basically abandoned her. Nice one. So she was born the Honourable Augusta Ada Byron. And her father was Byron. Her mother was a woman called Annabella Milbank. Now, her parents are interesting. Not just Byron. Her mother is equally fascinating. Byron, Byron, I didn't realise just what a philanderer he was. But he uh, was having affairs all over I know. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that he was married at all because he was a famous, uh, what's the word, like Cad. Lothario. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. So, he was even having an affair, a long-term affair with his half-sister... Ah, oh, that's where I've got the sister thing from in my brain. Yeah. Lover slash sister. Ugh. And uh, do you know what his sister was called? Mm. Augusta. Oh, and, and he named course, the kid. He named his daughter after mm. his incestuous lover. Okay, so, poor. A little bit. Poor Ada. Uh, poor Ada. <laughs> let's, get on to, let's get on to his mother, for, her mother for a bit. So Annabella, she was educated by Cambridge University professors in classical literature, philosophy... <laughs> Excellent. Science and her favourite, maths. So this is the mother? This is her mother. And, and what year are we in roughly at this point? So I think they were, she must have been born around, I didn't even make a note of this, but she was 13, I think, in 1831. So that means she must have been born... Okay, so 18... it's basically 1800s-ish is when her mother is receiving this experience. Yes, uh, This exactly. education. Uh, very early 1800s. Okay, so that's quite amazing. She's got a maths-based education And what else is amazing, her parents had married for love. And so the writer, who I'm going to refer to a lot, uh, her writing, Sue Charman Anderson. Okay, so is this a book you've read? A biography, a... an online biography. Oh, great. Uh, Sue Charman Anderson is also a social technologist, so she's really interested in Ada Lovelace. Okay. Um, But she wrote that her parents had married for love and they brought her up themselves. Okay. So obviously that's unusual. No servants is what we're saying. No governess or uh, nannies, you know, they brought her up. But obviously they did bring tutors in for the literature, philosophy, science and maths. Very different to Byron. He was he was thought of as handsome, charming, moody. He was this celebrity because he was a famous poet. So they probably were a bit of an unlikely match. And what I read was um, there was another woman who had fallen for Byron. And that woman's mother was like, oh, this is not good. I need to get Byron married off to keep him away from my daughter. Hmm, what about that Annabella woman? They might make a good match. Really? So it, it took quite a while. Uh, for it to come together, but eventually it all did. Poor Annabelle. Mm. Um, they eventually got married in Siam. What, Siam as in North England? I assume so. Wow. Close to home. But, I mean, we could go on and on about Byron, but I yeah, think he's enough not time has been dedicated to, quite right, to this man with a... Yeah, he just let himself be rude by his knob, didn't he? <laughs> Completely, yep. So, yeah, I think she probably had a really bad experience married to Byron. There was the half-sister. He didn't even try and hide that. That was quite blatant. Oh, wait, what, do you think he was having, like, a love affair with his half-sister while he was married? Uh Uh-huh. Oh. He took um, Annabella to his half-sister's house and apparently didn't even try and hide the fact he was having his end away with her. Oh. I know. And then Ada's born. 
And a month later, Byron says, I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave. But he says he's having an affair with a London chorus girl. Wow. I know. My face right now, everybody. Wow. A month after Ada is born. I mean, he is a famous person in history for being this Lothario, you know, but this is just rude. I mean, it's not even... You kind of think he must have treated these women really nicely in order for to have so many women, like, falling all over him. But it seems like he was just kind of a bastard. Oh, just a bastard. Wow. Okay. So, again, poor Annabelle. Yeah. So Annabelle had to leave with Ada, and she went to live with her mother. Now, apparently, Byron was a celebrity, so everybody loved him, and Annabelle was just criticised constantly till she died, and then beyond that as well. I think it's only recently we're starting to look at this woman in a different way. Oh. According to the writer, who I've mentioned, she was a progressive who founded two schools based on principles of cheerfulness and collaboration okay eschewing the period fondness for corporal punishment and humiliation oh good for her Mm -hmm. yeah she was a philanthropist who supported the middle and working classes union members religious dissenters and fugitive slaves okay so she was kind of a fan of the underdog in every story then yeah and she was all heart yeah she was a good woman wow good for her but unfortunately, she just married this bastard who... Oh, so that's probably all she was remembered for at the time. So we need to get onto the star of the show, Ada. Yay. So she was basically raised initially by her mother and grandmother. She never really... She never met her father again after they were separated. Oh, wait, When so... she was a month old. <gasps> oh. Never met him again. Byron died when she was eight years old. He was 36 years old. And he never cared to have anything to do with her. Wow. I know. I don't know enough about that period from when she left, but clearly he didn't try very hard. No. So her grandmother doted on her, but she died when Ada was six. When she was 11, her mother became ill and went away for treatment. And apparently she was missing her mother so much she just poured herself into designing a flying machine. What, at the age of... What? The age of 11. 11? She fly- loved machines. Wow, so she so she must... I bet she had heard of and was a fan of Da Vinci, who famously, like, designed a flying machine hundreds of years before it would become a reality. I wonder if she had actually. She must have known. Or- she must have. Apparently, the first machine she designed preceded the aerial steam carriage designed by two men called William Henson and John Stringfellow in 1842, by 15 years. So she preceded it by 15 years, and she was 12. You're kidding. Wow, that's a stunt. Wait, so where had she got this engineering brain from? Tutors that her mother had found for her, because obviously her mother absolutely loved maths. Now, apparently there was a hidden agenda as well for Annabelle encouraging Ada to pursue maths. And Annabelle was terrified that Ada had inherited her father's madness. Oh, okay. And in later life, Ada did actually say that her study of maths helped with the mental instabilities that she apparently did seem to inherit from her father. So I think Ada did identify with that madness in some way. Okay. But I think this was Annabelle's... She loved maths anyway, but she thought, well, if I can get Ada to just focus on maths, she might not do the crazy things her father did. Amazing. But she was not a healthy child. Ada was not a healthy child. She had headaches that affected her vision from eight years old. 
Then she caught measles when she was 13. Oh, unlucky. And it took two years until she could walk on crutches. <gasps> oh. So she wasn't even walking two years later normally. Two yeah, years later, she was I mean, getting measles even now is kind of unpleasant. But back then, I mean, it could, presumably you could have died from it. So that's quite a big deal. So she was incapacitated for a long time. And what are you going to do when you're incapacitated? You're going to read. You're going to study. And you get, yeah. Yeah, unless... You're the, you know, all the other girls in history who were maybe only encouraged to do needlework, mm. a bit of singing, a bit of piano playing. <laughs> yep. But Ada loved maths and engineering, clearly. Now, at 19 years old, she married William King, the eighth Baron King. Oh. He was 10 years her senior, but they married for love. Oh, yeah, I'm glad. Well done, Ada. He sounds like a really good catch. So she was forced by her mother to reveal to him that a few years previously, she'd attempted to elope with a tutor she was having an affair with. Had she now? Yes, she did. I blame the tutor, though, right? Well, in these times of Me Too, when she was maybe 16, 17, we all love teachers at some point, don't we? Have you ever heard of um, Heloise? Yes, Helwar? Well, yeah, perhaps maybe it's pronounced that way. What do I know? Um, I can't remember the guy's name, which, yay, I'm glad I can't. We talked about this. Yes, she's off air, obviously, but um, she's famous for, unfortunately, famous for having this affair with her tutor when she was either 14 or 15, I think. Um, And that caused a whole amount of misery and she ended up in a nunnery and he ended up in a monastery. And maybe we'll talk about them sometime, I don't know, on this show. But um, yeah, it seems to be... It's like that tutor position of power thing, but there is a genuine love there in their case. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like there might have been in this case as well. She probably looked up to him and then they tried to elope and then she got in trouble. And And I think because she was a celebrity, because she was the daughter of Byron. Oh, so she would have been known as She was very known in social circles. So I think the elopements failed because they were probably caught. Unlucky. I bet that was shameful for everybody concerned. And then she still got married afterwards, though. Well, so he obviously thought that was cool. So like, fine. Annabelle made her reveal this. Yeah. And King forgave her. Amazing. So not only did he get himself a wife, but he got a doting mother-in-law who probably thought she just couldn't believe her luck. Oh, that's cute. And they had three children: Byron, and Isabel, and Ralph Gordon. They called one of them Byron. And Ralph Gordon. Gordon was Byron's other name. Oh, for heaven's sake. So she called two of her children, the, the males, after her father. Her absentee, useless mm-hmm. Philandering. Father. Yeah, okay. All right, well, you know. <laughs> and then in 1838, King was made the first Earl of Lovelace. And Ada became the Right Honourable Countess of Lovelace. Ah. They're very grand names, don't they, these yeah. women? And she was lucky to have married a man willing to support her work and ambitions which probably wasn't very common of men of the time. Yep. And he did absolutely support her. Lovely. A bit like Margaret's husband last week. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So let's go on to why she's so famous. Okay. And it's because of her work in the field of mathematics and computers. So that's why she Mm -hmm. is now so famous. She was considered the first computer programmer. So these are some of the things and some of the people she came into contact with. She had a tutor in the earlier days, called Augustus de Morgan. Now, he said, had Ada been a man, she would have had the potential to become an original mathematical investigator, perhaps of first-rate eminence. If she'd been a man. If she'd been a man. So, ironically, she still has become one of first-rate eminence. But it just she's... took centuries for that to be recognised. <sighs> okay. 
But probably partly because she was a woman, he was also worried that the focus on maths was damaging her health because she was she was a sickly woman. Oh, okay. You know, from yeah. being a child, uh, the headaches, the measles, she was she was frail. So this wasn't a um, you're doing maths and you're a woman and you can't handle it. Well, it thing. might be because apparently mm. um, he also said of her maths problem, you know, her thing with maths, her love of maths. The very great tension of mind which they require is beyond the strength of a woman's physical power of application. <sighs> Once again, it's the idea that your gender yes, yes, means that you can't do the subject. <sighs> okay. However, she did apply herself and she did conquer her maths problem. Now, another of her tutors, who we might actually talk about as well, was Mary Somerville, the Scottish astronomer and mathematician. Mary? Mary Somerville. Somerville. No, I've mm. never heard of her. Scottish. Okay. She had become famous in 1831. Now, I think that was the year that um, our dear little Ada was just like starting to walk on crutches. Oh. So she had become famous in 1831 when she published The Mechanism of the Heavens. So she was famous for publishing this. That sounds this like book. an epic book. Doesn't it? Good for her. And so she was very well connected. And in 1833, Mary introduced Ada to another mathematician, Charles Babbage. Ah, yes, I've heard of Charles Babbage. So this is key to Ada and her life. So she was 17 and Babbage was 42. And apparently it was a friendship that would change Ada's life. So Babbage described Ada as that enchantress who has thrown her magical spell around the most abstract of sciences and has grasped it with a force which few masculine intellects could have exerted over it. Yes, Babbage, yes. Oh, he sounds like a feminist. Yes, yes And none is. of this, oh, I'm worried about your sex and your frailty. And he gets it. Absolutely. And he also called her the enchantress of numbers. You know what? Full respect, Babbage. I love the way he's described her. He makes it sound magical. I am and... loving Charles yeah. Babbage. Yeah, me too. Now, Ada helped Babbage develop a device called the analytical engine. That's what Babbage is so well known for. Yeah, okay. This, this thing called the analytical engine. It was an early predecessor of the modern computer. So they worked together closely for many years to try and refine this engine. In 1842, Lovelace translated a short article describing the analytical engine by the Italian mathematician Luigi Manabria. So this Italian guy obviously wrote this article about this analytical engine. She was fluent, so she was able to translate it into English How is she for fluent Italian? How did that happen? I don't know. Amazing. Good for her. Because I guess she didn't just do maths when she was a kid. She did all these subjects. Great. So she translated it, but Babbage also asked her to expand the article because she understood the machine so well. Yep. The final article is over three times the length of the original oh, wow. and contains several early computer programs. Amazing. So although Babbage and his assistants had sketched out programs for his engine before, apparently Lovelace's are the most elaborate and complete and the first to be published. So she is often referred to as the first computer programmer. She just managed to get her head around this subject and uh, write about it in a way that made it more accessible. Incredible. And she was the first to recognise that the machine had applications beyond pure calculation and published the first algorithm intended to be carried out by such a machine. 
So as a result, she's sometimes regarded as the first to recognise the full potential of a computing machine and one of the first computer programmers, as I've said. Wow. I know, and it, and it goes on. So her ideas found their way into modern computing via Alan Turing. Okay, and we've all heard of Turing. There was exactly. a film a couple of years ago as well. And do you remember when we were watching them work at Bletchley Park and they mm-hmm. were trying to decode German communications? Yeah. And I don't know why it didn't come up about Ava Lovelace. Mm, interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. She was kind of forgotten about. Yeah. But <laughs> apparently he discovered Lovelace's Italian translation and the notes that she became so famous for. And they were critical documents that helped to shape his thinking. Why is that not mentioned? Wouldn't you think any film like that these days, wouldn't you think they would do everything in their power to find Feminist Corner? You know, let's find a way in which a woman helped the story and along. isn't that gold dust? Yeah. Absolute gold but dust. But no, let's just not even include... The, I mean, I don't know. Let's just gloss over it because yeah. it's a film about a man. A, you know, and it was a, a great film and a great man, but hmm. they, they could have so brought Ada into that as well. A shame. So the, the, that was the life in maths, and there's so much more to the life in maths, but, you know, I don't really understand maths that well. well I'm so... definitely not going to understand it. I'm afraid it's not my forte at all. We're Let... more literature geeks. Exactly. Right? So let's talk a bit more about her life. <laughs> okay. So apparently she was a gambling addict. No, really? Yeah. Oh, no, Ada. It began in the 1840s, and uh, so she began this gambling habit that contributed to her dwindling finances. Wait, do we know what kind of gambling? I'm dying to know. I, you know, I want to know was it cards? whist or something. No, it was, it was to do with horses. Actually, oh, I think. Oh no, even worse. Yeah, I think it was oh. a lot to do with horses. I could respect a card horse game. races. Okay, all right, okay. But that's the, you know, the thing of the rich, isn't the it? The aristocratic gambling. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's almost like classy gambling. <laughs> As opposed to shouting at horses dirty on mud, roulette really? kind yeah, of casinos. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay. So she had to secretly pawn the Lovelace family's diamonds. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh. According to uh, Lady Byron and her daughters, Lovelace once lost 3,200, that's a lot of money back then, betting on the wrong horse at the Epsom Derby. Oh. Ada, encouraged by conmen, would turn her prodigious talents toward gambling and programming the outcomes of horse races. Oh, wow. So it was this programming thing that she thought she could do. Wait, but we know that you can't program the outcomes of races. I mean, yeah, there is betting, there's odds, there's calculation, but... Hence disaster. Yeah. But apparently there was a mysterious book, and it's like this, book in quotation marks, that passed between Lovelace and Babbage once a week. It probably contained a program designed to predict horse race results. It was never going to work, was it? No, it was never going to work. I mean, ah, oh, I feel bad because she's such an intelligent woman. She had all this maths and yet she's so flawed in thinking that... She could she, apply the yeah, maths that to she could a horse race. control in some way a horse race. It's really sad. Oh, dear. But King did find... She had to tell King about it. Okay. Her husband. And I think he was understanding. Really? Uh, he sounds like a good guy. He didn't guy. leave her. He was a good guy. He's chill. <laughs> now, this is an anecdote for you. Go on. Charles Dickens read a passage from one of his novels to Lovelace on her deathbed. Really? He did. <gasps> oh, I love it. And you know what's so weird as well? Last night, right, so this is a total aside. I'm just going to break in here with a little aside. Really sorry, everyone. 
I have been living in a new house with my partner since like last July, so that's what, nine months. And only just last night did I watch something on the telly um, because I didn't, I didn't like the way that the room was set up. But anyway, last night I watched something. You know what I watched? I watched that film about Charles Dickens called The Invisible Woman. Have you seen it? Has it got Dev Patel playing? Oh, I can't remember. It's uh, Ralph Fiennes as um, Charles Dickens. And it's about his affair with this mistress woman and how it all transpired. He broke up with his wife and everything. Um, I mean, honestly, it wasn't that brilliant. But it's so weird that you would bring up Dickens when, I mean... Last night you were watching a film about him. Yeah, and about the women in his life especially, you know? But it didn't mention Ada Lovelace in any way, shape or form. So please do continue. I think they were probably just friends. And it's likely that they met through Babbage in the 1830s. Okay. The mathematician occasionally attended dinners at the writer's London home. So Babbage was the connection. So as Lovelace was dying, Charles Dickens visited um, his bedridden friend and at her request read a well-known scene from his popular 1848 novel, Dombey and Son? Oh, wow. I don't even know what that is. How? If that's uh, popular, mind you, have never heard of it. He wrote a lot. He was quite prolific, so... I don't know. I'll get round to it one day, I'm sure. Maybe he went on to just publish far more popular ones. <laughs> Maybe. So, one last uh, little anecdote about Ada. A computer programming language is named in her honour. So, during the 1970s, the US Department of Defence developed a high-order computer programming language to supersede the hundreds of different ones then in use by the military. When US Navy commander Jack Cooper suggested naming the new language Ada in honour of Lovelace in 1979, the proposal was unanimously approved. Ada is still used around the world today in the operation of real-time systems in the aviation, healthcare, transportation, financial, infrastructure and space industries. Oh, that's amazing. I've never heard of that. I mean, I do kind of work in IT, but I'm not a technical IT person. I'm more like a projecty person, but um, I've never heard of that. And it's obviously used at the very highest levels across sort of international sort of purposes. So that's amazing. So even 100, what is it? It's almost 200 years later, she's still having a massive... Yeah, and, you know, these white guys working in (laughs) really high up industries... Mm -hmm. Uh, well, they chose to recognise her, this woman from the 1800s, this little cast-off daughter of Byron. He wanted a boy. Of course. And so when he got a girl, he probably thought, oh, sack this. <laughs> yeah, and he did, literally sack it. I mean, he'd left, so... And, you know, poets these days are not celebrities. You know what? I wonder, if he had stuck around, do you think she would have... Been, pursued maths yeah. in the way that she did. Would she have become the great influential person for the rest of time if Byron had stuck around? You know, sometimes an absent father is no bad thing. I mean, guys, I mean, obviously, we, we don't want absent fathers, but, you know, if you've got someone who's a total reprobate and is not interested and actually... Then maybe you'll have a better life with your mother. Yeah, strong female figure who's got a big heart. She's setting up schools. She's keen on education she loves yeah. maths. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened to Margaret Cavendish as well, isn't mm. it? Um, she, you know... the ma- Brought her- up by the matriarch. Mm-hmm. Amazing. What an incredible woman. And so let's... We'll get on to her death. Okay. So interestingly, she died at the same age her father died. 
36 years old. Oh, that's so young. It's so young. Oh, wow. That's like my age. She Ooh. died from uterine cancer. Oh. However, Wikipedia actually says it was probably exacerbated by, and this might sound familiar, bloodletting by her physicians. Oh, no. That same old, oh, same old. That's what happened to Margaret. Exactly. Oh, no. Probably got loads of leeches on her. So, so her maths her. was cutting edge, but the science of medicine was not where she was at. Exactly. Oh, it's so sad. She might have lived till 70 if they'd had the science to maybe surgically you know remove the womb. That's almost 200 years after Margaret Cavendish, and we're still losing women, people. To bloodletting. To bloodletting. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, that's, that's frustrating. And she had this, her relationship with her father through her life was, I think she said something like, she was, she would be a much better mathematician than he was a poet. So she really wanted to be remembered for maths. She wasn't so interested in the poetry side of things. I think she probably became more interested in her father as she got older. When she died, so she chose to be buried next to him. Oh, did she? So she is buried at the Church of St Mary Magdalene in Hucknall, Nottingham. Oh, and that's where Byron is buried too, evidently. Mm-hmm. And is she, is there any sort of, I'd, I'd like for there to be a big statue of her with an abacus or something and a small, tiny gravestone for him because he was such a cad. Exactly. But there's probably, it's probably the other way around, right? I would, yeah, perhaps we should look it up. Mm. So that's where she's buried. So now, on the 13th of October, every year, we have something called the Ada Lovelace Day. Wait, was that her death day or her birthday? Or neither? I don't know why that was chosen as the Ada Lovelace Day, because she died on the 27th of November, 1852. Oh, but so we have a whole day dedicated to her internationally. Yeah, and it recognises women in science. Yay. So, uh, and I think that was set up by the writer of the biography that I Oh, really? Sue. Oh, good for you, Sue. Now, what I also discovered was this. This is a passport that Louise is handing to me right now, containing what appears to be an image of Ada Ada Lovelace. Next to, who do you think that is? Mm, Babbage? Yeah. Oh, good. How did you even, you must have been told by the internet, you didn't just open your passport and go, oh, there's Babbage and there's Ada Lovelace. Oh, just out of interest, I'm due to fly somewhere soon and oh, look, there's Ada Lovelace. No, the internet told me. What is she wearing on her head? Well, the picture of her often shows her hair done with kind of, almost like Princess Leia type coils. Yes, that's the feels I'm getting. Babbage looks like an honest, good guy kind of. Feminist. Yeah, I guess he does. Okay, so guys, obviously we're talking about a um, a, a maroon-coloured British passport. A U- pre- EU passport. Yeah, pre-Brexit. And it's on the page that says Milton Keynes in the top right. And let right. me show you what else is in this passport. Yeah. I only discovered this when I was looking for Ada. I've never passport. looked at mine. Well, probably. neither have I. And look at this. Angel of the North. Yeah. Oh, I love. I, I feel like it. I have a new respect for Yay. my lovely EU passport. Was Ada Lovelace ever on... Uh, banknote. I feel like Babbage might be. No, the reason I discovered Ada Lovelace was I was looking at this article written by someone who said, imagine if banknotes had women on them, as in all the men that are on the banknotes. Let's we imagine some. if we'd put the women on there. Yeah. And Ada Lovelace came up as one of the people that should definitely be on an yes. English or a British banknote. Oh, yay. So Maybe I one feel day. very positive 
learning and discovering about Ada Lovelace. Amazing. She's an incredible person. Thank you so much. That's a really great story. Um, I, I had heard of her, but I really didn't know any of that stuff. I mean, even without going into the technical, like, computer programming elements of it that I'm probably never going to understand because I don't have a science or math sort of... But I definitely didn't me, know this Byron connection. I'd sort of heard that, but yeah, obviously I, I had no real idea about it. So thank you. Um, yeah, I I love that there's an Ada Lovelace Day and I think we should make a special effort to try and remember it in future. It's quite near your birthday, isn't it? When is it again? The 13th of, of October. Oh, October. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll try and make a note of that. And actually, maybe we should make a note of like either the birthday or something of all of the women that we start to talk about. So we'll have like a calendar of... Women that we will recognise. Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Okay, so we need another drink, um, but let's finish off this episode. So I'm thinking we should tell everybody that we are in the middle of setting up our social media online presence. It's taking time. Yeah, we're kind of not really there yet. We don't have a logo. We don't have any introductory music. I think we'll have a great logo coming though. I've got a really good fit. We've got a great graphic designer. Amazing designer. Really look Kelly. Really looking forward to that from Kelly. Um, Another great woman. And, um, but I have actually signed up for our online domain. So we've got www.thewifewho.com. We own that now. There's no website there yet, guys, but <laughs> we'll get one there soon. And remember, it's the wife who, wife spelled W-Y-F. Um, and you'll be able to email podcast at thewifewho.com, but it's not set up yet. So don't do that. Don't do that yet. <laughs> um, but we have set up a Facebook page called The Wife Who, W-Y-F. Um, please do get in touch. I'm thinking, Lou, I don't know about you, I'd love to hear from people who have some sort of connection with a woman, a wife, who did something interesting. Something like um, an ancestor or somebody like that. They've had some sort of connection. That woman doesn't have to be famous. No. We just want good anecdotes yes. about women. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I love a good anecdote in general. Um, if you do have some sort of connection with a famous woman who did something interesting. Bring it on. Amazing. You know, they're definitely going to get in. We're going to read those out loud for sure. Um, anything else we want to hear from people about? What do you think? I mean, guys, I know you're going to write in with loads of corrections and things that we've just got completely wrong and things that we should have known and didn't know. And when we should have done trigger warnings, you know, sorry about that. Well, here's a hint for next episode, guys, actually, because I'm going to have to start that one with a trigger warning. Um, so exciting times. Um, I'm not going to tell you about it right now. You'll have to tune in for the next episode. So we'll see you then. Bye.